returning to Psalm 34, the opening words, I will bless the Lord at all times. Let me show you what a sure and necessary path there is to Christ in these words. And that is my aim and my goal this morning is to leave us, lead us all to the gospel and leave us all in faith in Christ. There's a, a very sure and necessary path to Christ in his words, I will bless the Lord at all times, which are words of profound righteousness. To consider for a moment, again, those words, I will bless the Lord at all times. Imagine the righteousness of a tongue that only ever blessed the Lord all the time. Now, that's not my tongue. <laughs> that world of righteousness doesn't exist in my mouth, and it doesn't exist in your mouth either. But there is one in whom it did exist, and it is in him that we must trust. It is so important that before we draw the line from the text to ourselves, I will bless the Lord at all times, before we draw that line to ourselves, that we first clearly know where we are, that we see ourselves where we are, and the place where we must be is in Christ. He has gone before us in all things. I grew up being pulled around a lake on water skis, and you're always behind the boat, and so it is with every page of the Scripture. Everything to do with the grace of God, everything to do with the righteousness of God. Christ is always ahead of us. He's always in front. He's always gone before us. And that is true of these words as well. I will bless the Lord at all times. He's gone before us in that world of righteousness. He is the one who has lived fulfilling all righteousness and who alone possessed a tongue that never failed to bless God. Imagine such a tongue. Imagine such a blessed one. More than imagine, lay hold of him. But if we respond to these words, I will bless the Lord at all times, merely with a resolve, well, it's New Year's. I'll bless the Lord. I will. I, I'm going to do that. I should do that. I'm going to do that this year. <laughs> it's the season of resolutions. <clears throat> the path is a path that leads to self, not to Christ. And it is a path that leads <clears throat> to works and a religion that is Christless, that is all too common. And a religion that is Christless is worthless. Because a religion that is Christless is without grace. And we can never be without grace in all of our resolutions, in all of the righteousness that the scriptures reveal to us. But if we see ourselves where God puts us, by faith, as Ian testified this morning, by faith, and I hope you can as well, that we are in Christ, 
And it is in Christ that God has not only shown us his love, but he's imparted to us and given to us his righteousness. And all of the things that we immediately, when we read the text, we go, oh oh boy, that's not me. That's not my tongue. (laughs) But that righteousness is given to us in the gospel through Christ. And guess what happens? Guess what happens to the soul that witnesses such grace? Guess what happens to the soul that that stands in the presence of a Savior and grasps all that he gives to us in in, in awareness of all that we are not? Well, what happens is this. I'll bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. But not merely as, as 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 a resolve that is a as a barrierism that says, yeah, I'm gonna do that. But as a as a soul that is in Christ and is adoring the Savior and marveling at his love for us, seeing Christ go before us in every page of the Bible. See, we're we're New Testament people, and we have the lens of the gospel on every text we read. Lord, help us to do so. Here's the main point that I'd like to get across with a focus on renewal today. It is the last Sunday of the year, and we anticipate going into a new year, God willing. Lord, be with us. And we need, we need the Lord's help, and we need the Lord's renewal in our lives. There are many circumstances in our life and conditions of our souls that, that rob us of praise. I'll bless the Lord at all times. Many situations in life that rob us of that praise, but there's only one thing that can restore it, and there is a restoration. Over and over and over again, there is a restoration for the soul that has lost its praise. But it isn't a trick, it's not a technique. It's a work of the Spirit that puts us in the presence of God himself, and and that's what this psalm does. The Lord restores us through a gracious spirit and a spirit-given knowledge of God in in all of his beauty and in all of his glory. The Lord lives. God is living. And it changes everything. Unlike our idols. If you read Isaiah 44, one of my favorite passages in the Bible because it's, it's thick with sarcasm. And I try to remove sarcasm from my tongue, but I love it when the Lord speaks sarcastically. <laughs> oh, you're going you're gonna to worship that thing, are you? Oh, yeah, go ahead. You're going to cut that down from a tree, and, and you're going to burn enough of it to cook your food with, and then you're going to make an, an image out of it, and you're going to bow down in front of it and say, Thou hast made me. Sure, go ahead, do that. What I mean by the word idol though, is simply things of the world that we often look to for our identity. Ian mentioned that, didn't he? The things that we look to in the world for our identity. Those are idols. The things that we look to for peace, those are idols. The things that we look to for joy, a substitute for the gospel, those are idols. And they they rule us horribly, cruelly, because they're, they're not living. 
the Lord is living. God lives. Let me summarize briefly what constantly restores our soul and mouth to bless God from this psalm. And these are things that are the substance of praise and what the grace of God to us in Christ always reminds us. The first one is that the Lord hears. I hope you believe it, never doubt it in the year to come. And may your soul, your mouth, your tongue be restored to bless the Lord because he hears you. He is living. It says, this poor man cried and the Lord heard him. David is not poor because he has no money. He is poor because he has no worth and he knows it. He's been foolish. But this is a special kind of hearing. This isn't science. This isn't decibels and eardrums. It was the Lord's idea in the first place that there should ever be such a thing as hearing. (laughs) Which is a wonderful thing. But this isn't science, it's grace. It's a special kind of hearing. I love the story of Jesus when there's a rabble around him and, and men are crying out, Lord, have mercy upon us. And the scripture says, and he stopped. Nobody else was listening to them. But Mark says, and he heard them. This is a special kind of hearing. And it's not a hearing that hears our cry because of its worth. But out of our poverty, it is a hearing, and it is a special kind of hearing because it is a hearing that is with an advocate at its side. Before the throne of God, there's an advocate who says, hear this cry. Hear this soul crying out to you, because, not because they deserve to be heard, not because they are clean, but because I have made them clean, and I deserve to be heard. And this one belongs to me. That's a special kind of hearing. The Lord shelters. He is our refuge. Blessed is the one that takes refuge in him. Isn't that wonderful? The Lord is is blessed, glorified, magnified by us taking refuge in him. In our weakness. In our admission of the need. This is a particularly blessed truth for the restoration of our soul that our, our tongue, our mouth would be filled with praise for God. He shelters us. And he shelters our souls in the midst of so many things in life that would crush us. Satan would love nothing more than to crush us. And we give him lots of materials to work with. But learn God as your shelter. Psalm 8, Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are saved. A shelter. You know what the next verse says? I hope you know that verse. I, I hope that it's written on the back of your eyelids. I hope, I hope you can say it. But let me tell you what the next verse says for the other eyelid. A rich man's wealth is his strong city. And 
like a high wall in his imagination. Key words there, in his imagination. In other words, one of them is safe in their imagination. (laughs) And another one is truly safe. Because of the Lord, the Lord shelters. The Lord sees. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous. Sometimes when you say to people, nice to see you. And if they're measuring life by the decades, not by the the years, they'll often say, nice to be seen. (laughs) Nice to be seen. And this is especially true here, how nice it is to be seen. The Lord lives. The Lord sees. And this is also a special kind of seeing It's like the scene of a shepherd who can see everything in a landscape. But guess what? What is the object of his eye? He sees something in a special way. Yes, he can see everything, but there's something that is especially seen, and that is his sheep, and that is the sight of love. The story of Peter in his failure in the Lord's trial is so precious, or it records after denying his Lord for the three times, what did he become the object of? The Lord's sight. And it says, and the Lord turned and looked at him. I'm so thankful for those words. Oh, Peter, I can't see you anymore. Wow, where'd you go? The wonder of providence that like there wasn't a wall in between or a big huge centurion or something, but a clear vision of sight from our Lord to Peter. That's the clear vision that the psalmist is speaking of. Many of us have been blessed to grow up under the sight of people who loved us, cared for us. And when they're gone, we feel it. We're no longer in their sight. I, I miss that about my parents. It was such a privilege to live in the sight of them. And it's hard to let go of them. There was a sense of security, a sense of identity, being the object of their sight. But this is such a different sight. This is an eternal sight, a sight that will never go dim, that will never be blocked, and will see us even through death. The Lord delivers. When the righteous cry for help, you know, a wonderful description of righteousness. It isn't self-sufficiency. They know what to do. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all of their troubles. Really? All of them? With those words, I, I know and, and sense 
a cloud that passes in front of the sun for many of you. And it's the cloud of doubt. And sometimes we are in its shadow. The Lord delivers them out of all of their troubles. And there's only one place for us to go that these words direct us to. Those words of promised deliverance. There's one place where they must take us, and it's not to Joseph in prison. It's not to David in Gath, feigning his insanity. It's not to Job in his ashes. It's not to the Apostle Paul in his infirmities. All of those things find their resolution and are without any resolution in this world. If it were not for our Lord hanging on a tree and people below him mocking him, I heard it in Handel's Messiah recently. Some. He trusted in God. Let God deliver him. He trusted in God. Was this the place of shame for our Lord in all of the places in the scriptures where it says, the righteous will not be put to shame? If he is a righteous man, let him cry out to God and let God deliver him. That's the only place for us to go. He hung on a cross of pain, on a cross of shame, ridiculed for his trust in God. He knew agony, he knew suffering, he knew loud cries to God for help. But the Lord delivered him. Not that he didn't go through death, but the love of the Father never failed. And the purposes of God for him, even in his sufferings, were never thwarted. He was delivered. And so will we be delivered if we don't lose sight of him. There's a reason why these words of the Apostle Paul from Romans 8 are so commonly used because they're so significant. I'll read them again, and I'll close with this. In all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus Would you please pray with me? Oh, Lord God Almighty, carry us, I pray. Redeem us. Shelter us. See us. Hear us. And as we enter into this new year, help us to do so with faith, with joy, with confidence. And what was always true of our Savior, though we never lose sight of him, 
though we always live with dependency upon him, may what was true of him be increasingly true in ourselves. I will bless the Lord forever. Amen. Let's sing together.